Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just 5 95 That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Well, the view from the ninny has had its mid-season winter break Two weeks off from the podcast And while the Cardiff City players had a successful international break With Kiefer Moore and Harry Wilson both getting on the score sheet for Wales That didn't really translate into a successful return for Cardiff City As they drew one all with Millwall Although Kiefer Moore did score, so perhaps I'm lying Um, Anyway, back to discuss and dissect the game with me as usual is Ben Price Ben, how was your international break? Did you do anything international? It was good. No, um, jetted off to Dubai, trained with Mendes Lang a bit. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah How's he doing? Car- He's all right. Went a couple of car journeys with him. Very uneventful. <laughs> good, good. Allegedly uneventful. And Tom, how was your international break? Did you do anything international? Did you see Mendes Lang? I didn't see Mendes Lang, no. Watched some international football. I tell you what, I do like watching the two teams play each other in Nations League D. You know, the <laughs> Gibraltars versus San Marinos and stuff. You know, I mean, you, you, it's a San Marino block crying because they've drawn nil-nil twice in a row. Come yeah, on, no, good should, for them. We should do that for Cardiff, shouldn't we, really? It'd be a lot happier if we took nil-nils as a positive result. What about one-alls? Would you cry for a one-all? Probably, if it was two in a row. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, back to the Mendes-Lang thing quickly before we get into anything else. I know it's all gone quiet on that front, hasn't it? But he has reappeared on Instagram, Ben. He's looking he's quite tra- happy in Dubai. And he's training with, like, Kareem Benzema's personal trainer or something isn't he I'm, I'm disturbed the way you say Benzema oh sorry Benzema <laughs> Benzema Benzema Benzema, or Benzema. <laughs> whatever you want to say who's got the keys to my bimmer <laughs> but yeah it's strange isn't it all these rumours flying around that he's going to prison allegedly um, he did all these things yeah, everything allegedly. is allegedly because no one actually knows right and I then, said it at the time everyone was claiming they knew but no one knew He's in Dubai seemingly training for a comeback and paying a lot of money to train with this personal trainer, by the looks of it. And he's got a lovely looking barber by the looks of things. He's had his waves in his hair and all that kind of stuff. He looks pretty happy over there. I he's mean, he would be, wouldn't he, in the sunshine? Yeah, he's looking really fresh. So I hope he actually does come back because I do miss Mendes, lad. I don't because he's going to fucking score past us, isn't he? 
Yeah, he will. But that's that's what Cardiff, that's what you know, players do. I mean, talking of that, obviously we we drew one all with Millwall, um, Tom. Matt Smith scored for Millwall. It was his first goal of the season, so of course he scored against us. That just seems to happen, doesn't it? Yeah, it was nice of us to let him get off the mark with such an easy goal as well. You know, didn't really have to do anything. Open goal, lovely. There you go, Matt or Smudge, as he's known. Good football nickname. Smudger. Have your first goal of the season, Paul. Ben, we we we've you know I think what was it last week? You may have cursed uh, Alex Smithies by saying that um, he never seems to make a mistake or whatever. We often thank him for his mistakes, but I mean, what the hell was he doing for that goal? The two weeks ago, I said you can look at every goal we've conceded. Alex Smithies isn't at fault for one. That was it. That's exactly what he said. Oh, yeah. he made me look like a dick, and I can do that enough by myself. Um, yeah, no idea. I still think Nelson should have done better with the challenge, but. Um, Smithy's just, I don't know if he just stopped running, just forgot he was a goalkeeper. Couldn't remember if he left like I mean, the oven on or something. Just totally he, just went blank and just stood there and just Smith. I mean, if you can say one thing about our defence this year, it's the charitable. Yeah. Very, giving very away, giving. You, you, you say that Nelson should have done better with the challenge, but I mean, Matt Smith is a bully. He's going to bully a lot of defenders this year. But if Smithy's had just stayed on his line, he probably would have saved it. He did just stay on his line or came for the ball, which he looked like he thought about doing. He did the classic hesitation of, oh, shall I come, shall I stay? And when mm-hmm. you do that, you're caught in what football commentators love to refer as no man's land. And yeah, you're screwed. And you just see what happens and that shit goal gets given. Yeah, it was, it was a combination, ca- really, because he came flying out, stopped, and then kind of came for it again. But Nelson had just let him kind of ghost behind him as well. Where he looked mm. like he was in the perfect position to kind of keep an eye on him and then thought nah just leave him go directly behind and then didn't really take off either and I think Harris said after the game um, Nelson and um, Smithies have both put their hands up of, of poor communication but all, you can, <laughs> but all you can hear in the lead up to the goal is a lot of our players shouting kind of generic things just away like, press. yeah <laughs> press tighter <laughs> and it's just like yeah it's just, it's the classic make it look like you're communicating well it didn't seem to be anyone saying your man's just gone behind you Curtis fancy picking it back up <laughs> that's, that's it. that you know that's six, this cross is coming in and that six foot six lad behind you can jump fancy doing yeah. something about it I do I do quite like the idea of Sean Morrison going go on Curtis Curtis just to let you know mate the, the man you made to be marking is just nipped in behind you just turn around and, and get on him go on turn around and get on him as a, a succinct and nice instruction to give him I mean, well, it'd be an improvement, wouldn't it? It would <laughs> be an improvement. At all. It would be an improvement. I think, Ben, you're right. We're our own worst enemy, aren't we, when it comes to defending? We're charitable, we're giving goals away that we wouldn't normally have given away before, and, and that's costing us, isn't it? It's cost us massively. I think you look at the last game, last however many games, other than Barnsley, every goal we've conceded has been from stupid, ridiculous just decisions by our defence and just cock-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking back now. The Bristol game stands out. Just an absolute fucking howler. Bournemouth, absolute howler. Borough, howler. Derby, howler. QPR, two howlers. The third, all right, we fear is a fantastic strike. But it's just so many goals we've conceded are just shite. Mm. And it's just like, you you look on paper at our defence, you think that's a solid defence. Even with Bakuna at right back, you've got... To be fair, what goals has he been at fault for since he's been in the squad? It's more... The centre backs and the goalkeeper just aren't communicating as well, and it's just going tits up every week now. It's it's getting boring, and I think some changes have to be made to stop it from happening. 
Tom, would you bring Benkovic in for the next game? There's, I think there's a question from uh, someone on Twitter, which we'll get to later, but we, well, we might as well answer it now. Jamie Anderson said at Coventry, I'd look at taking a centre-half out. Morrison is captain when that won't happen, so take Nelson out and give him a rest, rest and see how Benkovic does. Benkovic has obviously got some qualities, an international footballer who's been at Leicester and Celtic and uh, likes to get the ball down and play. Would you give him a go? Yeah, I think so. I think we've got a busy, and say this every time, we've got a busy lot of fixtures coming up again. Something like so nine games in 29 days, isn't it? Or something yeah, ridiculous. And, and that's the one thing, like, we, we, we haven't rested a centre back. We, like, we haven't really had the kind of depth to do it. And I think, look, we, we brought him in to add that depth, so why not use him? He's had a couple of games, hasn't he, for the, like, the under 23s to get his sharpest mm-hmm. backer. He's had the international break now to, he didn't go away in international break, did he? Or did he? No, mate, wasn't paying attention to anyone else but Wales. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was too busy watching League D. But, um, yeah, you know, just, <laughs> just get, I think it's, yeah, you've got to give it a try because it's not working at the moment. I think you can understand the frustrations from Harris a bit because I don't think it's the way we're setting up half the time because it does just seem to be lapses in concentrations and decision making. And I think the players have got to kind of look at themselves and the, the centre backs can't be there thinking they're ind- indispensable as well. We've got him on the bench, we've got him in the squad, let's, get, let's use him. Very dispensable, if anything. We'll, we'll get to the, the kind of the, the wider performances and, and, and the things that are perhaps going well for Harris and things that aren't going well. But, but Ben, yesterday's was a, a prime example, right, of one of those games where we've got the quality in the squad, but we just didn't do anything until around the 75th minute. And then the game opened up completely. It, was, it seemed to be a completely tedious affair until we managed to get the goal. And then it kind of went a bit haywire. It's the first game I've looked at and gone, Harris has completely got the tactics. Well, I say the first. This season, the first he's got the tactics completely wrong. He was clearly setting up and preparing for Mill to play with a back three. That's why he played 4-4-2. Mm-hmm. And when they didn't do that, he was shit out of luck. And it, worryingly, it took him to the 75th or 76th minute to make the change of Murphy coming on to make, sort of adapt to that and change the shape. And as soon as we did it, it opened up and that's when we started playing. It was mm-hmm. clear for 70, 60, 70 minutes that 4-4-2 wasn't going to work with this setup. There are times where four four two will work. We saw at Barnsley this it will work at times. But what the way Millwall set up was just not gonna allow that to happen. And we, just the lack of chips. it's just it's the first time I've looked at it and gone, You seem a bit out of out of your depth there. This is I'm starting to question sort of it was the first question I like eyebrow raised sort of thing for me of him going, What the fuck are you doing here? Come on. Well I hope he doesn't get to two eyebrows raised. That means you're really angry, Ben. Um I'm looking like the rock. Yeah, or Carlo Ancelotti. Um, obviously, um, Tom Murphy came on um, looking at the stats on FOTMOB. Please, FOTMOB, just th- throw us a crumb of sponsorship. Um, 20 quid, that's all asking. 20 quid. That's all asking. Uh, chances created, he, he came in and created three chances. Obviously, he put the ball through for, for Kiefer Moore. It seems to be a recurring theme. Is, is it time for Murphy to do more? Yes. Because <laughs> it's, just, it's just flashes of... Not even brilliant. Flashes of competence from him, isn't it? Um, yeah. No, it was a good ball. Like that pass was superb. It was a great pass. So, wait, so well weighted. Yeah, and yeah, there's flashes of it. But the thing is, when we when we've given him a run of games in the past, he hasn't performed again. Then, so you can see why he's just on the fringes. But I think, like, why is that? We needed to change the game. But you look at our bench, and there's not many game changes there. Like Ojo came on the hour mark. You got Murphy, and then you're looking at it, and it's like Bamba, Bagan. Benkovic, Volks, White and Harris. And it doesn't really kind of, to me, it doesn't really scream game changers at all. Eh? Someone who's going to like take the game by the scruff of the neck and kind of change it in our favour. So I, th- I think Harris has kind of done all he can do with what we got there, to be honest. So you don't think Gavin White's going to come on and really 
get hold of a game. <laughs> no, I think I he's just ties on laces and stuff. Yeah, he's, he looks a very meek boy. But look, what about trying someone like Ben? What about trying someone like Mark Harris? There's clearly Neil Harris has clearly got something in in mind for Mark Harris, which is why he's kept him around the squad and kept him involved. Why not chuck him on? It's one of those things that he's got to come good at some stage. Why not just throw him a bone and see how he does? He's clearly, yeah. a, comp- he's clearly a competent player and good enough to play at this level. Let's give him a go. Because it'll just be another case of he'll, he's, we'll have him on the bench, we'll wonder what if. Mm. And then when we want to do it, it'll be like the last two games of the season when we're pushing, we might be pushing for something the way it's going, probably for survival. But, um, and he's not going to be match sharp and not going to be ready. So yeah, I agree. It's, it was something that it was an option. But I just, I just, off I think, in that I game for him, though? No, but I just think it was clear that 4-4-2 wasn't working. It was like on the yeah. 60th minute when he made the change for Ojo, I was certain it was either going to be Keith Moore or Glatzel coming off because that was the obvious change to make. And then he pulls, then he does a like-for-like like change and it just baffled me, absolutely baffled me what he was getting at because we weren't creating anything. Nothing was coming from either flank. The only player that was getting a chromosome was Bennett and he just sort of did everything well until every cross he put in seemed to be a shitter. That's classic Joe Bennett, right there. Um, and obviously, the, the last 50 minutes we, we scored, Tom made it one, one all. And then, I mean, Harry Wilson misses from within the six yard box and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's just another classic what if, isn't it? There was, we had opportunities to win it. They had a very late opportunities to win it. Although I think the guy, one knows where the guy who didn't touch a ball was a, a yard offside. And it, it was confusing to me why it wasn't given as offside. Um, but we had chances to win it. And three points yesterday would have been crucial, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that's a frustration for the fans now, isn't it? Because it, it takes that to the 75th minute for us to come alive after giving a sloppy goal away of our own doing earlier in the game. And then suddenly we look brilliant for a period. And it's just like we've said before, like that Barnsley game is the only game where we, you know, we, we did a full 90 performance and we're just crying out for it. And it's, it, it is frustrating to see the quality we do have and the link up we do have for, you know, for 15 minutes of a game. And it, you, you, you're create like you do in the last 15 minutes for longer, some of those chances are going to go in, do you know what I mean? So yeah. you don't have to rely on that last wave. And the next fixtures coming up are the time to do it, really, because it's less daunting than it has been in the past. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's, let's get on to the, the kind of the, the good and bad of Neil Harris as I, as I build it within the agenda. I think, again, but we've talked about it every week, we're, we're doing some things right, aren't we, Ben? We're, we're getting more of the ball... On paper, we're creating more chances, but they might not be clear-cut chances, but we're creating more chances. There was this Bristol game, Millwall game, we, we dominated, we've dominated passes, um, we've dominated passing, uh, passes, sorry, chances, and we've dominated in things like corners and, and overall kind of territory. But we're just not winning games, are we? And that's, that's it at the moment, to me. It feels like we're, we're better at playing football, we're doing the basics better, we're passing the ball around more, we're getting on the ball more, but that's just not converting at the moment, is it? We're great in the middle of the park, like the sort of, if you divide it into two into thirds, that second third between defence and attack is where we do all our best stuff. Mm-hmm. The second it gets into the attacking third, we just see we can't deliver that final ball. And then when it goes into the first third and we're trying to defend, at times we just fall to shit. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the middle sorted. It's all sort of cushy. It's just the clinical. We need to be more clinical. We need to be more attack. We need to be more just better. We just need to be better in those areas. It sounds simple. And you see the way we played in that last 15 minutes against Millwall. The ability's there. That we've got the players to do it. This teams, there was a reason half the championship was just fighting for Harry Wilson. Mm. There was a reason why so many teams were willing to play, pay two million quid for Kiefer Moore. 
they're good players, they'll score goals if if the service is right or if the play in the attacking field is right, they'll get goals. We just need to work out how we how to do that more regularly. Tom, it's almost like the opposite of Warnock, isn't it? Warnock, we were bad at football, but we were good at winning games. Now we're better at football. I'm not saying we're good at football, we're better at football, but we're bad at winning. We're, we're not getting the results, and there's only so much that only so far that that can go. Yeah, it's true, but and and this isn't going unnoticed by our like coaching staff. Like Harris has come out and said. You look at the stats for top six for everything, really. Mm. And it, but it, the only thing, but the only thing that matters is the points. And we're not getting it, and I think that's why, as a largely optimistic person, it feels like it's gonna come. Because as a, as a se- as the season stretches out, you'd think it's gonna even out. Do you know what I mean? These yeah. games where we are dominant and these stats, these chances are gonna be put away. But then, yeah, it is frustrating seeing. You see, like um, Wilson and Moore go away and score for Wales and create chances together. Albeit, like Wales aren't exactly, I don't know, they're not going to score many goals from open play either. But I don't know, it feels the penny's going to drop at some point with us. But the problem is, the longer it goes on, the further afield we're going to be from the playoff places. And so it needs to be over the next kind of three or four games. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves too, too far cut adrift to really make a, a ploy for the promotion places. I think Harris, you were saying about the comments Harris made about being top six with the stats. That's the sort of thing he says that's going to make the fans turn on him mm. really quickly. We don't give a shit about, oh, we're, we're, we're like top six for expected goals or all of that nonsense. It's all about expected goals, boys. We know this now. We've said it before. It's expected <laughs> it's goals and nothing else. It just feels clutching at straws. And like, I don't think if you sort of watch week in, week out, you can see the development, you can see the evolution, you can see the philosophy that Harris is trying to put in there. And you can say, look, we're doing this, we're doing that, but we need more. It need, it's going to take a bit of time. I think fans would be more receptive to that. Yeah. Saying, I'm not hiding behind stats and hiding behind stats. It's a but bit, patronizing. it feels patronising. Do you think, and let's let's go to you on this one first, Tom, uh, to Ben's point there, do you think that Harris raised expectation, I think we've probably talked about this, but raised expectation by getting into the playoffs and now where we are in a proper transition because players are leaving, he's had to balance the books, he's brought in whoever and, and things just aren't quite going as the way they were. It's just, we expected to kick on from the playoffs, didn't we? So now that the expectations of the fans aren't matching up with the expectations of the club. Yeah, definitely. Um, not only that, but as a club, our expectations have been continually rising for the last five, six years, really, isn't it? Because we've had success and people aren't going to forget that overnight. So they're going to want more. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, then obviously the playoff push last year, we, we did look like we did turned a corner. But like you said, it's another transit. We're permanently in a transition phase. And yeah, it, just, it feels like we, we should be good enough to be towards the playoffs. And at the moment, it feels like a season where we're going to keep stalling and just not really get there. Well, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't think we are. Like, I don't think the club have got lower expectations than us. I think they fully expect we should be top six. Even Harris is, would be feeling that right now. Despite what he's saying outwardly to the press, he's not, he's not a manager that's going to throw his players into the bus and hammer them. He's done it once, and admittedly it worked against Barnsley. I don't think he's the kind of guy to come out and go, it's shit, we're well below where we need to be. We need to improve in the press. I don't think, one, I don't think that's helpful. And he knows that. And I just don't think he's that guy. But I don't think there's any way behind closed doors they're not saying this isn't fucking good enough. 
I don't, yeah. there's not a chance that's happening. No, I, I don't think that's the case either. I mean, what, we're 12 games into the season. That's just coming up to a quarter of the season, basically. The next three games take us to essentially a quarter, a third of the season done, sorry. Um, we're at a quarter now. The next three games take us to a third of the season done. And if we're, you know, if we're, say, five or six points adrift, where are we at the moment? We're eight points adrift of the playoffs. If we're not within three or four points of the playoffs, then you start to worry, don't you, a third of the way in? Because, like you say, Tom, the, the games are... And, and the gap you have to make up becomes longer and longer with the games becoming shorter and shorter. And I guess this is a question for how long... It's a question for the board, it's a question for the club, it's, it's how long do they allow this to go on? And, you know, we're not doing that badly, but it's, if it's not within their expectations, then they're within their rights to, to pull the trigger, aren't they? I think... I think we need a bit of continuity. I think we need a bit of consistency at the moment. And I, I, I don't think many people would agree with me, but I, I'd be tempted to give him till the end of the season, no matter, unless we're in, obviously in a relegation dogfight or something. I don't think he'll do any harm in what is a very strange season anyway to keep the same management team there to build something. Because I think there's not like a kind of a golden bullet where you get rid of a manager and a new one's going to come in and it's going to improve straight away I don't think there's anyone better out there at the moment you can say the likes of Eddie Howe and stuff it's just I don't think it's the right tonic for us and I think just give him time in what is a strange strange season and hopefully we can build I I understand I'm probably being too patient but I just feel like it, it won't do any harm to actually put a bit of faith in a manager for a longer period I just don't think it's bad enough to sack him no I don't think it's good but at no point do I think this is horrendous and I want to gouge my eyes out. It's just uninspiring. And well, I, I, was think about, I, was, thing. I was thinking about that earlier, sorry to interject, but it just doesn't feel like a sack. Um, you know, you can almost feel when a manager's reached the end of its, uh, end of its course or the end of, you know, or where they're about to be sacked. It, it doesn't Trollop, feel like that. The Trollop thing. Yeah, it was Trollop clear. was just obvious. It was clear that game, it was the, Christ, who was it? Burton? I think it was Burton, yeah. I can't yeah, that season was the last game and it was clear that this was game over. Yeah. And he's gone. And I don't get that feeling with Harris because I think it was clear with people like Trollope and with Solskjaer and with Slade, he's taken it as far as he can go. And if we don't make a change now, it's shit's gonna hit the fan and we're gonna be go we're only going one direction. And I don't think that is the case with with Harris at the moment. I really don't. Um you can see what he's doing and when it clicks and it works, it works well and we play well. It's just, he's got to work and it's down to him now in the next few games to find that formula and say, right, we can make this work. But at the moment we're closer to when you're closer to the relegation zone than you are the playoff zone, you're in risk to getting sacked. And that's just yeah. simple. I think the, the one thing that you can forgive him is that you can see what he's trying to do. And there is a clear game plan. We don't look lost out there. Yeah. And in some games we look, structurally sound and we look like we're defensively strong and it's not like a unit thing that's letting us down individual it's individual errors. mistakes and mm. i know if it happens every game you've got to look a little bit deeper but that's why it's frustrating because it looks like for like 99 percent of a game we're solid and we're doing the right things we're building the right patterns we're making the right passes we're just not that clinical and we're switching off 10 seconds here and in is costing us and i think that's- ironing it out doesn't it and just kind of piecing it together and hope and we should make a run but like we were saying it needs to be sooner rather than later well, i mean let's 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 back up a little bit and then get back to where we are now by looking at the next couple of games right there's there's varying degrees of people saying that 
the, the hierarchy of giving Harris three games, four games to sort it out, um, expecting three wins, four wins from the coming games. We, we obviously drew with Millwall, um, which, in, you know, I can't remember a season in the last couple where we've actually gone to the den and, and got a result. Um, 2012 was the last one with Maynard to just cruise Oh, of course it was, and we were wearing red. Because I remember that was it. The, the game in the season we got promoted was a two-all draw. The one last season, was it this season? Last season? What season we are? Last season was a, a draw as well. I remember going to that. Well, sorry, where your, your mate was, uh, your mate from Manchester got um, caught up in the fans, didn't he, Tom? Oh, that, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. That was quite funny. Um, <laughs> Took a Man City fan to the game just because it was like on a midweek game. He thought, oh, we'll take him. And his seat was away from us. And in one of the few games where they just don't let you sit where you want to sit. He just got stuck amongst Cardiff fans who he'd never met before, just looking frightened yeah. at, the other, at the other side of the stand, just like glaring over as if like he's quite a big lad as well. Me? So we could we could watch him the whole time, and his, his <laughs> eyes get, his eyes betrayed his um his his tough stance. Um, uh, with all that going on, you know, there's there's all those degrees about three or four games to to save this job. We've got Coventry, Luton, and Huddersfield coming up. Then Coventry in twenty first, Luton in tenth, Huddersfield in sixteenth. Three winnable games. Uh, how does this look for you, Ben? Is this is this the three games to save his job, or are we going to get two wins a draw here? What's going to happen? Well, is Luton winnable? You look at the job that um, what's Nathan Jones uh, since he's come back. Yeah. He's done a fantastic job. Um, Only four points ahead of us. Yeah, is that? But is you're sort of looking at the way we're playing, sort of the form there on. You can't say that's a guaranteed win at the moment. If you look at on historically, we should be beating them, but. They're doing all right. Coventry, they're a young, exciting side. And when it clicks for them, they play really well. It's just their inexperience catches them out. And that's sort of why they're in the position they are. Um, Huddersfield are just a club that are just in the same sort of position of uh, position as us, just waiting for it all to click. It's it's still a difficult run of three games. And it's hard to call. Coventry, if you're looking at it, it's probably the one you earmark and going, right, that definitely should be a win. It's a home, I think that's a home, isn't it? It's, I think so. so yeah. That's away. It's sorry, it's away. Is it away as well? It's on Wednesday night. I knew it was on Wednesday. Wednesday away. So we tend to do better away. Away at St Andrews. What? Yeah. <laughs> Coventry's home ground in Birmingham. But yeah, it's that's probably the one you sort of earmark and go right. Let's. I think to be honest, I think we're at that place where we need to take it a game at a time, not even look three ahead. We need to focus on this one game and say right, we need to make sure we get a win on this. Then you move to Luton and go right, we need to make sure we get a win with this. And then you assess that, and if it's a win at Luton, then go, right, well, now, now we make it three on the bounce. And that's when you sort of get the momentum going again. You can start looking further afield. But for now, I think the club, everyone in the club should only be focusing on that Coventry game on Wednesday. What I would say, though, as a bank of three games, I know it's, a, like, it's not an easy bank, but I don't think it gets easier. No. In, in a fixture, not in this I division, think, yeah. Not in this division, no. And I think, I think that's what's standing out to a lot of fans is, if we're going to go on a run of three games where we're going to get three wins, there's no better time than now. When you look like, at the three we've got coming after that, Watford, Stoke and Swansea. Exactly. <laughs> so you want, to, you want to be going in with a bit of momentum into those games. And any other season, you look at a draw away in Millwall and you think that's a decent result. It's just what's gone on before that kind of makes it look worse. So like a draw in that game and three positive results here. I know that's a massive if, don't get me wrong. But like, we're not, we're not in shit street, do we? Like we're we're in the mix. So and, and I think we we should be getting seven points to these three games, in my opinion, minimum. Yeah. Would you be happy with seven? Seven. Points? Seven points. Yeah. But I, I there's no reason why we can't get nine. 
Ben, seven's happy for you? Six no. happy for you? No, I think it needs to be three unbeaten. I think that's... Well, three, three points? No, three games three unbeaten. Three <laughs> yeah, three draws. <laughs> one all, one all, and Do you know one mean? all. Yeah. How many points, Ben? <laughs> all right, you, need to, you, need, you need to win at least two of those games and not lose yeah. the other. I think that's the key thing there. I, I, I just realised the one thing I didn't mention, I didn't gloat about with the Millwall game, was who gave the ball away for uh, Murphy to pass? Oh, you, I, I know, I know who did this. I know who did this, and, and Tom's nodding, but give it the big reveal, Ben. He's your mate, isn't he? My favourite ever left back for Cardiff City, Scott fucking Malone. I'm going to be honest here and say that I didn't think Scott Malone was that bad. I don't oh, really... Shit. I don't he really know... properly shit. I don't really know why he gets so much stick, though, out of all the shit players we've had. Even the commentary, the more. Even, even the club commentary, which is always quite tame, Ashley fucking hammered Malone on commentary for today. He I was like, for a, def- for a defender, Scott Malone had no interest in defending. He was more focused on his hair, which is the, my exact yeah. problem with Scott Malone. He's Thanks. just a tosser. It, that, but that's the problem. It wasn't how he performed for us. If you're if you're a nice guy and you're an average player, people kind of forgive you yeah. because he's clearly a bit of a dick and didn't really set the world alight. We're less forgiving as a fan base. I don't think he was that bad for us. No. I just don't think he was fantastic. But he's and he also pushed a... Fabio out of the squad, and he can get fucked for that because I love Fabio. Yeah, he's clearly a but bit of a doctor on Eduardo, doesn't he? So was Fabio that good? He just ran around a lot. Yeah, no, Fabio yeah. always looked like he had the potential to kill someone, and I'm all about that. I want that in a fullback. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I like, I like a, a, a footballer who looks like he could kill someone, but I just, again, I think Fabio is looked on, looked on with rose tinted spectacles. Oh, you know, I don't think anyone's under the impression he was a fantastic defender. He was just fun to watch, wasn't he? Oh, well, yeah, then, I, then we can agree. Malone was just <laughs> bad, was bad to watch because he was boring, and Fabio was good to watch because he was fun. You didn't know what you did not know what was going to happen with Fabio. With Scott Malone, you know it was going to happen. It was going to go out for a throw-in. Fabio is the first Brazilian international to ever play for Cardiff as well, so he gets to go in the um, in the record books. So he's got like three caps, I think, for Brazil, which he got in a friendly. Again, that's not Scott Malone's fault, is it? That he can't be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It's not his fault. He should have gone to Dortmund. Then he got his Brazil cap, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Scott Malone. I'm just looking up at his career. Where has he been? He's Fulham, Huddersfield, Derby, and now on loan at Millwall. Oh bless him! It kind of bless that him. sounds like a group of Scott Malone clubs, though, doesn't it? It does. It really does. I mean, at Derby again, he didn't really play. Any, oh, well, he got sent off in the playoffs for them as well, I think. Yeah. Um, so he's yeah. What is it? you from Scott Malone this week, boys? That's what it is. <laughs> We're dissecting Scott Malone. Maybe we get him on the podcast. Um, ben yeah, best, best, best I sit that one out, boys. Yeah, uh, you can sit that one out. Um, so let's. It, as much as we don't think that Harris is going to get sacked, Ben. There seems to be a, a prevailing trend and the wind is turning against him somewhat and, and people are kind of losing a bit of patience with him. I think people are asking questions, but I, don't, I still don't think it's the majority. I still think it's very much a very vocal minority. It is, but we exist on Twitter and, and it's very vocal on Twitter. So that's my sample yeah. size. That is my sample size. I mean, who, when you look at the names that were linked with the Sheffield Wednesday job, I don't even, I, to your point, I don't understand who I'd want to replace him. If it's not Eddie Howe, there's no one out there, is there, Ben? Cook. Steve Cook. Other than that, it's just... But Paul Cook... Eddie. You mean Paul Cook, Paul right? Paul Cook's not Steve Cook, yeah. But, Paul like, Cook. he... I, I, I rate Paul Cook, and I always kind of said that if, if we were going to get rid of Warnock, I'd, I'd like to have come in from Wigan. But, you know, I know Wigan were a basket case of a club last year, but he did do a brilliant job last year. He got him playing nice stuff, and, like, he, they should have stayed up other than sort of that bullshit sort of 
administration thing. Um, but again, it's not something... But he's not a departure from Harris. No, no, it's not an upgrade. It's not an upgrade at all. It's not going to be one that gets the fans on the side and gets 100,000 people down the Cardiff City Stadium when we're allowed. 100,000 um, people? Yeah. Who in there, yeah. Some <laughs> man's back in charge. You should see the stadium he's building. God, yeah, it's I just, he's, he's not going to be that. There's not going to, whoever the club appoints is going to depress fans. Like, we're not going to go all out. How tactically it would be a disaster anyway, and he's also going to demand a high, high wage. This is a bloke, don't yeah, forget, yeah. that 18 months, 12 months, uh, two years ago was being linked with the Arsenal job. Yeah. He ain't going to come cheap, and the club ain't going to pay that. It's going to be another Harris option or promotion within, which could even be worse. Let's not jump down and say we need to sack him because... It ain't. We we got down that sort of sort of tunnel with Slade, and look where we ended up with Trollop, and that's yeah. the sort of situation we'd be facing if we pushed Harris out right now. I don't want to sack Harris, and I'm going to make it very clear that I think I think like Tom, I think Harris should be given longer, and it's just I'm just you know we're here to comment on the prevailing the prevailing chatter, the, the chattering classes of the Cardiff City fans who are talking about it. But One question very, for you, Tom. But we're very up and down, though, aren't we? Let's not forget oh, the, start, the start of the season. Every Twitter Cardiff fan was tweeting Harris has taken us up. There's not a manager we'd rather in charge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we probably, I mean, take Tony Pulis. But Tom, the, the, no. the question I've got is, can you imagine if we'd, you know, done what Sheffield Wednesday did? I think got rid of, got rid of our manager and then brought in Tony Pulis. Can you imagine the, the scenes of bringing in Mr. Football himself, Tony Pulis? It was at the start I saw that. Um, what was it? Um, in the games that Tony Pulis has managed, um, these man- there's been less goals than Messi has scored in his career, or something. It's just like <laughs> it's just absolutely bonkers. But like we'd be a little bit more forgiving, wouldn't we? With, with him being Welsh, he'd have that little bit of a honeymoon period from us. I don't or, think anyone likes him. I just, he's a knobhead, no. isn't he? He makes me. Li- he, um, I remember I went to a press conference with him after a Cardiff game, and um, he stood up for the whole thing. Where everyone yeah, else sits he down. Does, like, he doesn't sit down in press conferences, yeah, does he? And it's really unnerving. <laughs> like he just did. It's just a it's bloke like in a, a baseball move. cap. Yeah, it's what it, it fucking worked on me. Because I was sat there, and it's just a bloke in a baseball cap just stood there in front of me. It's like, what are you doing? This, this is a manager, don't forget, that went into the showers and headbutted one of his own players naked. <laughs> yeah, did, I mean, I'd sign him up tomorrow, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you won me round, he's in. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, the, the stories he listens to under the Kosher parking and the stories he tells that people tell of Pulis, he sounds like a hell of a bloke. But Christ, yeah, to be honest. I would not want, I, I, I'd want to work for him, but I wouldn't want him as the manager of our club. No. There's, some, there's, there's a really bizarre stat around Stoke that in their history or something, their, their averages, they have a minus goal difference. In, in like over their hundred year history, they've got an average of a minus goal difference or they've never got into the positive goal difference ever or something ridiculous. I can't find it. Someone sent it to me a while ago. I'll see if I can find it and clarify it. But um, yeah, Pulis as Cardiff manager would have been also the best and the worst thing ever happened. Um, like at the moment, it's good, that, it's good that we're not on the ground because I think the boo boys would start to, to come out yeah. now. Yeah. And, I know if there are boo boys listening, thank you for your loyal support to the pod. Carry on. You're, enti- you're entitled to your opinion. You pay your money for the games. So I won't go be like, boo man. Boo man. <laughs> boo man. <laughs> boo. Boo man. <laughs> oh, that was the blocking by music. Go, fucking boo. <laughs> the most unne- oh, there's a few around me these days. It's the most unnecessary swear word. Swearing boo. Fucking world, boo. <laughs> uh, oh, boo. I- I- 
I do miss, that's the one thing I do miss about being in the ground is, is the kind of inane stuff that people come out with when they're really, really angry. Like it, it was around when we lost to uh, Reading 3-0 at the start of last season, I was stood in front of someone. And bear in mind, Callum Patterson had just come back from injury and come off a, a season in the Premier League where he'd become our top scorer. He was on the pitch five minutes and the guy behind him called, me, he called him a fucking useless fat cunt. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's been five minutes of it, like his first appearance of the season. And last season he was very good scoring goals at Anfield and stuff like that. It's like, it's amazing how quickly, in anger, opinions turn. There's a bloke who sits by me in the Ninian stand who, and he's been there as long as I've been there, so close to 10 years. Every fucking game, his, his way of cheering on the players and getting the players going is, come on, you fucking rent boys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's when things are going well. God, I'd hate to hear him when things are going bad. My, um, my, fa- my favourite one is I was Sheffield Wednesday away when Slade was in charge. And we were kind of like, technically we could have uh, got a playoff place. But we lost 3-0. And the uh, Cardiff fans coming over to the, the away end to clap. And there's a bloke doing you know, the, the usual pointing thing with the bluebirds, bluebirds. Which yeah. went, fuck off, fuck <laughs> off, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> on his own pointing at them. I was like, come on, mate. <laughs> What was it? The Swansea game um, last season at the at the Liberty when we lost, and it was a really abject performance. And Morrison came over to try and apologise to everyone, and someone tried to fight him. <laughs> and Morrison at that point had two broken wrists. <laughs> uh, I, I, I tell you what, I miss it. I bloody miss it, boys. Um, right, we've got fantasy football and view from the Hall of Fame to come. But first, I will jump into the Twitter questions and comments. I, I kind of rejigged the agenda as we were going. That's the kind of professional operation we have here at View from the Union. I ran out of breath then. I'm glad um, you said I've not got the app open for the fantasy football, so I, can't, I don't actually know what's going on with it. Well, I'll do the tweets, mate, and you've got a couple of minutes to. You should give yourself away there. Um, so from Twitter, Mark, Mark Blackmore, Blackmore said two subjects. Number one, 10 points from 12 are required from four matches, including yesterday, so now need three from three. Two draws and he's gone. Number two, City not as good in the last 10 minutes as suggested. We were wide open and he missed the best chance to win it. I mean, why why try and take away that little bit of optimism from yourself? If we, we were quite good in the last 10, 15 minutes, we created chances and then saying we're not as good. That's all we got. It's all we've got for the 10 minutes. Cling to that last 10 minutes. And that but chance. We were, was... to be fair, we were really good in that last 10 minutes as well. I don't agree with that. No, I and... we, other than sort of the guilt edge chance they missed, which was also clearly offside. Um, they didn't do fuck all. We should have won. It was just some worldies from their goalkeeper. So the yeah. last 10 minutes, we were the better side. And I think that's just negative for the sake of being negative. And, and, I strongly and disagree I, with that point. I think, like, I don't mind us, like, throwing a bit of caution to the wind yeah. and trying to win a game. Like, we, we've, be, we've moaned in the past about us not creating anything. And now we're moaning that we've left ourselves a little bit open at the back. Because we were creating like, stuff. Yeah, because we were creating something. And, Go for it. I don't mind that at all. I don't mind us going for a win. I, if, I, we, if we come over 2-1 in Millwall, we would have been over the chuffing moon. moon. And I do think the chance that he's referring to, I do think the guy was offside. Like the cro- I, He doesn't actually get the ball in the end, but he goes for it. And he's about yeah, he a yard ahead of Marlon Pack. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's one of those ones because I don't really understand the offside rule anymore. Uh, Miles Davis, love your music, mate. He's tweeted in and said, always going to struggle to create chances with the 4 4 2 if we're going to use wingers who both need to cut inside and use full backs who can't cross. If Murphy gets confident in him, Ojo and Wilson could cause havoc in that three behind more. Lack of a proper right back doesn't help too. Why don't we just cross? Why don't we play the wingers where they're meant to be playing and get them crossing properly? Inverted wingers clearly isn't working, right? We need to get balls in the box. So why not play a right footed winger on the right wing and a left footed winger on the left wing then? The issue was Kiefer Moore wasn't in the right positions. 
There was a Kiefer of, Moore. There was a couple hey, of team of the week, man. There was a couple <laughs> yeah, of times where what, the, high rated. There was a couple of times where the ball was sort of being put into those places where you expect a striker to be, and Kiefer was either a foot in front, it was either a yard in front or a yard behind. It was looking for those. Yeah, he he looked he cut a very frustrated figure. He always I know he, he looks this way for Wales as well. He always looks like he's carrying the world on his shoulders, doesn't he, Tom? But he celebrated, and I was nice to see because in the Wales game nice he scored, and I was like, oh, he, he he doesn't really care. And then he scored for us, and then he did actually celebrate against Millwall. So I, I think he, he was too knackered to celebrate before. So perhaps he's on the road to recovery. <laughs> um, and lack of a proper right back. I'll say is away, what, four, four weeks away from coming four back? Four weeks away, yeah. Why don't we just sign another right back then? don't know. Because when Harry said we weren't going to sign another right back, and he complained it'd be by the middle of end of November before they'd be fit, well, we're at the middle of our end of November now, and they'd be fit and ready to go now. It's just baffles me. Because it's putting Bakuna, and Bakuna looks shot of confidence. He's not looking yeah, like... He's... He struggled this season as it is, and at the moment he looks like he's on his ass. He looks like he's struggling. And looks, he's another player that's kind of very frustrated figure. And he's it's it's like a self fulfilling prophecy with Bakuna, isn't it? Because we're playing him out of position, so therefore he's not playing as well. People are getting on his back, and therefore it's just carrying on throughout. You know, his confidence yeah. is going and going and going because people don't like him because he's out of position and because he's not a right back. But if we played him in midfield, it probably looked quite good. Um, Alan Grimes, uh, why did you curse Smithy saying you can't look at a goal he's conceded and blame him? And does does Junior give the worst interviews ever? Is that Junior Hoyler? I didn't yeah. see any Junior Hoyler interview. Um, give bad crossing as well, isn't he, Ben? Junior Hoyler. Um, we talked about Jamie Anderson's tweet already about bringing Benkovic in and Ollie James. He said, why do we only turn up for the last 10, 15 minutes of the game? It's so dull and frustrating to watch. Do you think it's a fitness thing due to all the games in such a short space of time, Tom? Do you think it's a fitness thing or do you think it's just complacency? It'd be the other way around if it was a fitness thing, wouldn't it? Where we'd only turn up for the beginning. Yeah. So, no. I disagree with that. <laughs> but, no, I, th- I, I don't know. I, it could be a bit of kind of too many games in quick succession, people not staying switched on as much, as they, not as alert as they would be if you were re- well-rested in between. I don't know. But I, my, my view on it is, and um, I was thinking about this earlier while I was making steak, I think we the way we set up and the fact that we're creating chances... W- w- you know, it's the expected goals thing. If we scored the chances we're meant to score and all that kind of stuff, we'd be winning games 2-3-1, 2-0, 2-1, whatever. The fact that the last 15 minutes only turn up is because then we score, like we did against Millwall, and we have to have some urgency for the last 15 minutes. Like, if we were putting away the chances we created throughout the game, we'd be 2-3 up in each game, and it would, we wouldn't have to rush in those last 10, 15 minutes. So it's just, it's, it's just we're, we're individually bad at football at the moment, I think. I think, I think it's missing that's what I think... The last 15 minutes sort of adds to our expected goals, if you're going off that. Because to be fair... Uh, have you got a problem they, with they, expected goals, Ben? There was 70 minutes there on Saturday where... Um, I almost called him to Hall then. Glatzel <laughs> should have... <laughs> done, it was a whole place in Millwall. Yeah, well, he didn't play injured didn't he, till New Year. Injured, yeah. Um, so he's not back again. <laughs> Nice. Uh, but yeah, it was just one of those ones where Glatzel probably should have scored. There was another good save from the keeper. But other than that, we didn't create fuck all. It was the last 15 minutes where everything came when we should have scored and having it cleared off the line. But before that, it'd be interesting to see what our expected goals are in the first 60 minutes compared to the last 30. Tom, that's a project oh, so we, for you. Oh, we all, so we all, we all want to look at expected goals. Now, <laughs> <don't> we? <laughs> yeah, here we fucking go, boys. Well, I'd, I'd... <laughs> In yesterday's game, the the top two there were there were three three Cardiff players who occupied the top um, total shots for the game. 
Kiefer Moore, Robert Glatzel, uh, Moore got four, Glatzel got three. Who was joint? This is a little quiz question. Who was joint with Robert Glatzel for total shots from the Cardiff team? Ben, I'll go to you first. Bennett and Wilson. You got, yeah, you got it right. It's Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> it's Joe Bennett. Joe Bennett got th- had three shots apparently yesterday. Uh, I know he had the header that was cleared off the line. Um, hit the side netting as well with a decent effort, netting. and then he had Harry- one that was woeful. Harry Wilson had one shot. Sean Morrison had one shot. Junior Hoyle at two shots. Um, all the rest were Millwall players. Um, and the top accurate passes: Joe Riles, Marlon Pack, Curtis Nelson, Sean Morrison, and Joe Bennett. The top five from Footmob. Footmob. That's Footmob. The app for all your football needs. Footmob. <laughs> They're not even sponsoring us. Uh, yeah, good. That's that's that then. Uh, and that's that's football done. Now let's go over to fantasy football with our fantasy football correspondent Ben Price. Ben, come in, Ben. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Ben Price reporting here from my kutch. Um, so, is that what you call it? Apparently, yeah. My missus calls it a kutch. So, yeah, yeah. We've got one as well in my parents' house. Makes me feel a bit ill. Spare so room. Spare room. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, an update. It looks like we've got a joint two top. Obviously, the as we're recording, Liverpool are still playing Leicester, so points haven't updated. We haven't got Monday's games played yet. Two uh, up, I think, aren't they? Yeah. But top at the moment is Ryan March uh, with 548 points. It's a lot of points. He's doing well. Out of the three of us, it's oh, come I, on. I am running away with it, boys. Out of us three, I am in the top 10 with 508 points. Um, apparently, I'm... I've got to change my name. Um, it seems that the Fantasy Premier League have now ruled out Swearwood, so Wicklow Wankers is no more. Oh, oh, that is a pity. Yeah, that is a pity. So my name is no longer Wicklow Wankers. It just says change name. Oh. Good name. Good name. I can't so remember me... what my name is in that group. I'll tell you now. Uh, Clive me... Dendonka, mate. Yep. Oh, Clive Dendonka, which is nonsensical. <laughs> uh, Firmino has just scored to make it 3-0, by the way. So if you've got Firmino... You keep you talking, boys. I'm scrolling all the way down to you two. Um, yeah. My, my team... Between you two, though, it's close. Ooh. I'm having a good week. You I'm having a good week. 30th and 31st place. Out of 38. I reckon Tom's ahead of me. <laughs> nah, I think you were just ahead of me. Currently, in 30th place, is Clive Dendonka oh, with, 400, with 418 points. Get him. 31st is the Ampadouches with 418. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. but I'm having a good week, mate. It's fine. Yeah, if it stays that it is, um, Tom will go ahead of you, Ben. But if with players being played... Yeah, it looks like he's going to go ahead. So, yeah. I've changed my tactic of trying to get as many Welsh people in my team as possible due to the fact they don't play football very often. So, and, I think and that's. Ampadu was bad today. Uh, he's on my bench. That's fine. And he's injured. He's had a knock. So, he might not play for me next week either. Bam Bale. That, that, that's proven to be a silly transfer as well. But there we go. Well, Bale, Bale, Bale will probably play in the next game. Um, he was just tired after international football. Um, so yeah, I've, if, I've if, also got some shade to throw. Go on. Um, first report we did: uh, Zarif Khan was top of the league, and I fucked up his name, and I apologise for that. Did. Um, I'm now above you, Zarif, so suck on that. <laughs> not, according, <laughs> not according to mine. Oh, was <laughs> the point? I, when points oh. get updated, I'll go. Above. Oh, oh right, I really right. hope it doesn't. Right. I mean, I. <laughs> I must admit, I haven't really, I haven't really looked 
at this at this league um, too much because I've just got too many fantasy football leagues this year. There's some good names in this league. Zarif's name, Zarifa Moore, pretty good. good. Um, you've got McGinn and Tonic, um, the Salas Dance, Get to the Chopra, um, more for Ballon d'Or, Can't Be Bothered, Can't A Be Bothered, uh, Great Rules of Fire, uh, and 2-2, 2-2, 22. <laughs> <laughs> That's really tickle me. Two two brackets. Two two. The number twenty two. <laughs> I tell you what. Ch- change name is very popular in this league. Change name is very popular in this league. I've just noticed two or three. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd happily give out a prize uh, for that name. Two 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 two. So maybe at the end of the season, we'll do a best prize uh, for the best name. And remember, there is a prize available for this. And we'll go over to Gadano too, so to tell us what that prize will be. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And to round off, I've completely lost my mind. Round off View from the Ninian this week is, as always, the View from the Ninian Hall of Fame. It had been a few weeks. We almost forgot to do it in the international break, but Ben Price saved the day again. I didn't forget that. You did, though, mate. I just because left it was it for the last late. minute. <laughs> left it to the last minute. <laughs> um, have you got the results there for us, BP? I do. And this was very close. It was very close. So I obviously came last with my choice of the 2011-2012 Puma kits. Which is uh, a shame because they were good kits. In another week, good, I reckon they would have won. It was yeah. a good week. So I finished in last with 16%. Mm-hmm. There was 2% in it. I think I worked out and I said in the chat there was eight votes in it between first and second. And I'm, I, must, I must admit, I was sending it to people I didn't know just saying click somersault. Oh, shut oh, up, for you? <laughs> I was, yeah. Not oh, people I didn't know, no. but people I know. But I was campaigning, <laughs> the mate. Street. So I what was we've, campaigning. What, what we've discovered is this election was rigged. We joked about rigged. it. We, we joked about it last week, and you've actually rigged the fucking election. You've cummings me. You've cummings me. People could vote. It wasn't rigged. Everyone who voted voted fairly. Are these people dead? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Just, every vote. Count just the ones vote. that just the ones that didn't vote for you that you sent it to a dead. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So in first place, if you couldn't guess it, was Mr. Ben James with Robin Shaw's somersault. Oh, what a somersault Four, it was. He somersaulted me into the lead. Forty-three percent. And then Tom unlucky, forty-one percent for Yamkin against penalty. I thought the song was gonna tip you over the edge, mate. To be honest, I'm not, I'm not I did I've got to own up it. I was just going to put a picture of Marshall saving the penalty. And then I thought, no, I'll put the song. Purely because Ben and me are close in last place. And I couldn't deal with Ben winning another week. So I thought, well, the song will definitely swing it into Kim McGon's way. It did not. And your no. boys won it. And I think, what's that? Is that my third win? Fourth. Oh, you're on a bit of a run now. Yeah. I'm so now I'm on the on... of some people, not the people. So, so you, we're on four all. Or were you on five, Tom? 
think there are six in here. No, we I haven't done that many, have we? No, we haven't done that many. We should probably uh, we should probably have done a better job of keeping track of this. <laughs> we go back to it. <laughs> yeah, we have to, we have to, at the end of the season, when we're going to compile the, the final vote from the View from Ninian Hall of Fame, we're going to have to listen to every episode back. <laughs> go, actually, <laughs> go through the Twitter. Go through the Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I was, was going to let you do. I was going to let you do that. Then <laughs> I have got a lot of time on my hand. I was going to start next week. Got a week off in it. Yes, just no. I've just worked out. It's four. So we've done nine Hall of Fames, and it's four each for you four two. All. Oh. And you're on two, uh, three, one. You're on one. How bad is your maths, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I completely lost it then. I was like, what? No, oh, it doesn't matter. Two, three, uh, four? <laughs> yeah, wait. Four <laughs> out of nine. So four, four, nine? Are you on nine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I haven't even had a drink this month. I don't know what it is. As, um, right, let's go for it then, Ben. As you were last week's winner, you can go first. Oh. Oh, look at this guy taking over the controls. <laughs> You're not the presenter. Well, I'm the presenter. Well, you, you were fucking struggling with basic mate. math, so I thought yeah, we were actually. On, so was. you were clearly having a stroke. <laughs> you can't see off screen. Um, I'm going to go... I've kind of gone big this week, um, and there's a couple of reasons I've gone big. The first one is that he was a class footballer, and two, it's he's the source of one of my favourite rumours of all time. Um, so I've gone for Peter Thorne. Um, Peter Thorne was signed from Stoke for about a million quid. Uh, 1.7 million quid. I can never remember which one was the more expensive out of him and Cav. Came in and was just an absolutely boss centre-forward. Um, scored that amazing goal against uh, Bristol to take us into the playoff final. Had an incredible partnership with Robert Earnshaw. Was just a machine when it came to balls in the air. Um, liked to cut the collar off his shirts because he didn't like proper collars. He liked to cut the collar off his shirts so he just had like a, a normal round neck. And was just... I think he was one of the main reasons that we got promoted when we did. And he also was just a, you know, one of the main reasons we, we stayed in the championship when we went up. And I think he, he brought a different dimension to the, the club that we hadn't had before. You know, we struggled with target men like Gavin Gordon and, and Leo Fortune West, but Peter Thorne was just the next level above. And my favourite rumour about Peter Thorne was there was a, a time when he was out of the team and he, was, he wasn't injured, he wasn't unfit, he was just out of the team. And the rumour was, was that in his contract there had been an extra zero placed in his goal bonus and they'd signed it off. And because he was scoring so well and scoring so many goals, they couldn't afford to pay his goal bonus anymore. So they stopped playing him so he couldn't get his goal bonus. His goal bonus is meant to be apparently um, £1,000 and it may have been £10,000 per goal. No one really thought if a run at that time. That would not surprise me, it's true. It was, it was around the same time as the, the Gareth Wally affair, which was when we just bombed Gareth Wally out of the team because he was due to get, a, a, I think, a £75 bonus for playing more than 25 games in that season. And we just didn't play him after game 24. <laughs> Save 75 quid. I will, I, will, I, will, I will make it clear that that Peter Thorne thing is a rumour. I don't know if it's true, but it's just one of my favourite rumours from Cardiff City history. Um, and I, that's why I've gone for Peter Thorne. Nice. Am I going a second place? <laughs> a second man of the people? Yeah. So mine is also a player who came in and made an impact, albeit over a shorter period of time. So I've gone for Marco Grujic's loan spell. You know, he came in, he only played 13 games for the club, scored one marvellous goal in the bottom corner against Barnsley. But he was integral to us getting promoted that season. And, you know, he'd make the odd mistake, but then... In a matter of minutes later, he'd just show another bit of class that we didn't really have in that team at the time. He was a cut above for certain periods of games. And also, he played 13 games and managed to get five yellow cards because he was a dirty bastard. He was a bit of a nutter, wasn't he? Yeah. he was a li- you'd see he's a little bit unhinged, and I did like that about him. And that's why I would like to see him come back. But, but he also, 
he was only on loan, but he flew back from Serbia to attend the parade at the end of the season as well. You know, it showed his commitment to the club. And, you know, I, I think he's easily forgotten in that period by many fans. And I think he should be written not, not only in the Hall of Fame, but just in folklore of Cardiff City, because I think he had a huge impact on that promotion season. He made a difference that midfield when it really needed it. Yeah, was he also definitely. didn't he did he come on against Hull when we beat them two 0 away and get subbed off? He came on in the first half and then got subbed off at half time because he was gonna lose his rag. I, I must admit I, I remember very little from that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a long it's a long trip. <laughs> it's a long trip and it was an insane an insane win. I'll I'll look yeah. it up while Ben talks about and we can move on to Ben to talk about his. So I've like you, Ben, I've gone big for this one. Um, I'm channeling a former Cardiff City loney, but not in the way you think. Mine is Craig Bellamy's smile after Ben Turner scored the equaliser in the League Cup final. Yeah, it's a classic. It's a heartwarming moment, just that picture of Turner with his moves out, swinging his shirt above his slightly racist head. And just in the far corner, you can just see Craig Bellamy with just the cheekiest little grin on his face after we've taken it to extra time. Every other Liverpool player looks gutted and despondent. Bellamy just looks happy for his mates and happy for a smaller club, for his hometown club. It's just a heartwarming thing in a world that's very, very bleak at the moment. I want to put Craig Bellamy smiling to make it nice. It's a good one. Nice. It is a good one. I, I've also got a mouth-related story with that goal. The bloke next to me, when that goal went in, celebrated so hard his false teeth. <laughs> fell 14 rows in front of him. <laughs> did he get them back? Yeah, he did. Yeah, there's people scrambling everywhere just to celebrate it. And you could just see his teeth fly. <laughs> yeah, absolute mild on there. But, uh, but just, yeah, sorry. I've just looked it up on the Grugic point as well. So against Hull away when we beat them 2-0, he came on for Aaron Gunnison after 10 minutes and was taken off at half-time for Craig Bryson. <laughs> he had 35 minutes where he got booked. That's impressive. That uh, not like him. He's a lunatic. He's a lunatic. Uh, that's the view from Lillian Hall of Fame. Uh, at the end of the season, we will be compiling these into one big vote to see the ultimate winner who um, becomes the ultimate king of the view from Lillian Hall of Fame. Ben, when will the tweet be going live on our Twitter page? When I remember. And um, what is our Twitter page? At VFT Ninian. Go over there, follow us. Also, like and subscribe to the podcast on, I don't know, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast these days. Follow us on Spotify. We're just doing shameless plugs now to bump our subscriber numbers up, aren't we, Tom? Yeah, definitely. Tell your mates, tell people you don't like. But I reckon put some posters up in your window so the passers-by yeah. can see it. Um, we're, we're go- not sure what Christmas is going to be like, so maybe gift the podcast to your family and friends in lieu of actually being able to see them. Uh, very good. Um, ben, have you got any marketing suggestions? Uh, yeah, just... Like, get a tattoo of at VFT Ninian on your forehead, and the people come up to you and go, You look like a cool person. What is that tattoo about on your forehead? And you can go, Oh, it's these knobheads that talk about Cardiff City on a podcast. If and it if works, you do, if, it, if you do that, you'll get loads of friends, and like, people give you like millions of pounds. So, definitely do that. And depending on the price of the tattoo, we may pay for it. If it's under fifty pounds, we'll pay for it. Oh, but if so, yeah. If someone tattoos <laughs> "View from the Ninian" on their head, I'll, I, I will chip in. <laughs> what if I do it? Fuck yeah, I'll pay for. I'll, pay, I'll pay. I'll pay for that. All right. Yeah. If, will you yeah, do it like post Malone, like little 
thing under the under the eye. Like stay stay tired or something. They're always tired. That's what he's got, isn't it? Um, always you from the name. Yeah, why not? All right, yeah, let's do it. Lockdown, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bored. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't subscribed, hit follow on Spotify or I don't know. Told us that you liked us on Twitter. Why? Why? Why are you bothering? Just do it. Just t- just tattoo on your face. Just tattoo on your face. And also, you can still get a free case of beer. Um, again, Christmas presents. Beer52.com forward slash VFTN. You can still get a free case of beer uh, from your friends at View from Nini. It's nice beer. Um, you get, I think, is it eight cans in a, in, a, in a pack? So And a snack. And a snack and a magazine. Um, Ferment. Ferment. It's a good magazine. Um, so do it all. Um, and that's about it from View from Ninian. Um, Tom, where will you be watching Wednesday's game? Uh, in my living room in deepest, darkest West Wales. Ben? Uh, from outside Tom's house in deepest, darkest West Wales. <laughs> All come uh, round, socially distant. And I will be watching it in Ben's glasses uh, from the reflection of Tom's house in deepest, darkest <laughs> West Wales. <laughs> um, and that's it from a, another episode of View from Ninian. Thanks for listening. Uh, ben, I will speak to you next week. All the best, boys. Tom, bye-bye. See you. may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty but they like to talk about Cardiff City it's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and